Hello, welcome to Pentecost Today USA's podcast. I'm your co-host, Steve Mancini, and as always, I'm joined by the Executive Director of Pentecost Today USA, Alicia Hartle. Alicia, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here, and we are so humbled to be joined by many listeners, many prayer group leaders, renewal office leaders, many who are serving in parishes and churches, all kinds of different ministries. It's been exciting to hear from you, and we just want to welcome you again. If you have questions, if you have feedback, we would love to hear from you. So as we enter into today's episode, we want to invite you to join us in prayer. So let's begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we come before you, we stand in awe of the work of the Holy Spirit poured out in miraculous, mysterious, and awesome ways. And Father, we just thank you and praise you that we are able to come together today to really take a a deeper and closer look at the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit and how, Lord, you are inviting us to share this grace. We pray that you would send your spirit now to fall afresh on our guests and on all who are joining us. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, amen. 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 Alicia, wonderful prayer and a great way to open up our episode. And, you know, um, we've been talking a lot about baptism, the Holy Spirit. It's obviously been the theme of all the shows. We've been doing this a little while now. I think I think we're coming up on six months, if memory serves, right? But, you know, I still struggle with what does this even mean. And I know other people are probably going, what is this baptism in the Holy Spirit? You're not starting some new cult, are you? And the answer is no. In fact, it's something that, you know, we've all received through our confirmation as Catholics or non-Catholics. You know, there's different ways you receive this. But basically, what baptism in the Holy Spirit is, according to the Doctrinal Commission on Baptism in the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Spirit is a life-transforming experience of the love of God the Father poured into one's heart by the Holy Spirit, received through a surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So, Alicia, I know, again, you've been working with the group for a long time. You've studied this. You've read all of the Doctrinal Commission and other doctrines with respect to baptism of the Holy Spirit. In fact, you've introduced me to a few folks that I didn't even know existed. Um, in fact, one of my favorites now, and I thank you, is Blessed Eleanor Guerra and uh, going out and actually reading the letters. I still haven't found them all in Italian, Alicia. So, <laughs> We're, It's a work in progress. That's right. <laughs> you know, some, of, some of the encyclicals Pope Leo XIII wrote in response to Blessed Elena Guerra are also incredibly difficult to find in English, but they're very available in Italian. So I'm gonna, we'll yeah, to, we're going to have to yeah. talk more, but I definitely <laughs> want to find them. But we have a wonderful guest, and I'll let you introduce them because you've obviously known him a lot longer than I yes. have. Yes, so we are humbled, and we are so thankful to introduce George Samaniego. George is a board member of Pentecost Today USA, and he serves as the chairperson of the Hawaiian Catholic Charismatic Renewal Services. He is a prayer group leader of Saints Peter and Paul Catholic Charismatic Prayer Group, and he also serves in two very key roles within Pentecost Today USA. So one, he is the chairperson of the editorial board of Pentecost Today magazine, and then he is also the chairperson of Formation. So really key roles. And then in his professional life, George is, um, he's actually 
one of a few physicians, George, is it two, two physicians who are in the burn unit in the hospital in Honolulu, Hawaii? Yes. You know, I, in the burn unit, of, uh, we only have one burn unit in the state of Hawaii, and that's in a, a, in a hospital called Straub Medical Center. There's two hospital medicine doctors, and hospital medicine doctors are, you know, doctors um, who take care of inpatient patients, you know, who, patients who are sick enough to be admitted to the hospital as compared to outpatient patients. And then within uh, the hospital medicine component, uh, there, there's two of us um, in the state that does uh, burn medicine care and three plastic surgeons in the whole state. We have a lot of plastic surgeons, but there's only three that does um, b- uh, burn plastic surgery. And some, uh, I don't know if you heard, um, a lot of listeners um, in the United States and maybe in the world have heard about our devastating incident in Maui when we had this uh, major um catastrophe we're in uh, there was a category four hurricane with you know and there's no rain normally it's a hurricane there's rain but in this particular time there was just strong gust of wind category four and at the same time a forest fire and just there was just a major burn in, in maui and all those burn patients uh who happened to survive uh, were medevaced to our burn unit and um, i was uh, humbled enough and privileged enough to be part of their care so I, I care, um, took care of um, all of the burn units in in the, um, in the state of uh, in the state of Hawaii during that particular uh, very deep and painful crisis. That's my professional life, and then you know in in my um, uh, spiritual life, you know as Alicia mentioned, I'm the chair of the uh, Hawaii Catholic Charismatic Renewal, and also um, prayer group leader in a small uh, prayer group in, in Honolulu, and I'm, I'm just so. Uh, all inspired about how the Lord has worked in my uh, personal life, uh, you know, spiritual life and professional life. I I remember, you know, during the t- time of COVID uh, pandemic, you know, there's, you know, we're not allowed to meet. And then later on, there was an easing up. Maybe 10 people can meet and maybe uh, they can meet in a church parking parking ground or, or something of that sort. You know, uh, I remember one time Alicia and uh, Steve that, you know, we organized a um, in operation worship, in like um, uh, in the church parking lot, and then we're all like uh, social distancing with one another. And there's still a lot of fear during that time, you know, to meet. And I was, uh, I felt depressed that you know only 10 people came, and that includes the you know the music ministry. And, and you know, normally I you know do a little you know uh, love offering, but I said, oh, and only 10 people. It is um, it is so hard. And uh, unbeknownst to me, that um, we are also a part of the um, you know, uh, information technology, um, helping uh, the Pentecost Day USA launch um, an app and, you know, being part of the, you know, Facebook Live in, in the past. And we are, um, uh, despite the fact that we had 10 people only in the parking lot of a church in doing praise and worship, we're so humbled to find out that uh, a few days later we had 60,000 viewership, you know, and uh, a good number of them, I think 20,000 uh, 20, actually are from Ukraine. And uh, we were so humbled and say, oh, Lord, you know, I don't know how many of these um, brothers and sisters in Ukraine, you know, might, might, be, might be dying that day. But then again, we were so humble that the Lord has used us in, 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 in ways we could not um, imagine that the Lord can use, that, you know, use us internationally in even in, during the time of uh, the COVID pandemic. So I, I feel that baptism of the Holy Spirit without that, that total reliance and total surrender to the Lord and just 
allowing God to, you know, use us in ways we could not imagine. We are just at a loss, you know. Um, but the Bible is, is true that with God, everything is uh, everything is possible. And I, in the state of Hawaii and internationally, uh, we found out that some of our viewership, when we do Facebook Live or YouTube, we can even reach uh, even Muslim countries like Pakistan and we, you know, people in Europe are, are following us as well. And we, we are just so humbled and the way the Lord has used us um, in the renewal in Hawaii. Now, George, I was going to say real, real quick, though, I, I wanted to back up, though, because your your intense involvement um, obviously infers that this is a, a very deep. You're very active in this. And, and considering where you do for a living, I would say it's, um, you know, there's not a lot of free time left. What uh, what was the impetus that started you down this path? Like, what was your, what is your story essentially that got you into the whole movement? Yes, um, you know, back in college, you know, way back in um, 1984, I was a, um, you know, I was trying to um, go for pre med. You know, I know I'm going to be a doctor one day, and but but then I go, um, I was also living a double life. I was also a president of the um, of um, almost like a notorious fraternity, you know, and then along with the fraternity uh we, we do a lot of you know um as you can expect you know like drinking and doing um um unsavory lifestyle you know so i was maintaining a double life you know meanwhile maintaining good grades you know being part of even the student body and at the same time uh you know like a fraternity uh, president though you know and then one of uh, a brother uh you know a brother of mine um you know uh, you know just approached me from you know one time and said george you know um uh, I would not be fully fulfilled until, um, you know, I'm 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 walking in love in the love of the Lord and baptism of the Holy Spirit, you know. But I would like to give the same love I'm experiencing right now to you, and I, I would I would like you to, um, you know, join our join our um, uh, prayer group, you know, our in, in the university. Uh, it was back then. Um, birthed by um you know people of in the in the early part of the renewal back then you know even a sort of a spirit and you know some people in michigan you know came over and then true enough though i i, I joined i gave them a little you know uh, i said uh, let me just let me let me see if this is something i can change my life for you know i i've been wanting to I, I felt during that time I was living a double life, and this is really not me. I'm being called um, to a deeper conversion, you know. And, you know, I joined the baptism, uh, a life and spirit seminar, and I, I told my brother, you know, brothers who were, like, trying to evangelize me and said, you know what, uh, even even the idea of speaking in tongues, you know, I really think it's self-hypnosis, you know. We're only using a few part of, you know, a segment of our brain. And uh, this is actually uh, sub-delusional, and we're uh, hypnotizing ourselves. So, and this is there's clearly a scientific explanation here that uh, that you guys don't know. And then, true enough, though, you know, as they were just praying for me during the life, you know, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they were just their hands were just barely touching my head, you know, just a few seconds. And I told them, I will not pray in tongues. Really, don't be disappointed if I don't get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they were just barely starting, and I was just already receiving the love of the Lord being poured out into my heart and my whole being. I, I was just singing in tongues, you know, even even before they finished their prayer over me. And I felt that that, that joy that, uh, that, you know, that they were trying to describe, that deep love for the Lord and deep love for my brothers and sisters, is just welling up in me. And, you know, I, I became a leader of the... Of, of that particular uh, student, uh, you know, body charismatic uh, renewal, and um, 
and you know even towards my uh, professional life, you know, I became a doctor, established uh, a few prayer groups uh, all over the country, including Texas, and supported some prayer groups in New York, and um, and then I later on I help out uh, the you know the establishment of the hospital medicine in the um, army, you know, army of all of all things, in Triple Army Medical Center in Honolulu, and then later on I. You know, um, meanwhile, I was very active with the renewal, and I, I was called to, you know, be part of the burn unit, you know, um, as a burn hospital medicine doctor taking care of patients. Uh, and at the same time, uh, while working, I, I feel that the Lord is empowering me. Uh, I remember one, you know, I mean, sometimes when you go to a prayer meeting like this, and people will just say, God is good, and then people expect to say all the time, and then all the time, God is good. It becomes so mechanical, and and then I, one time I, I was seeing my patients in the in the burn unit, and you know the birds are getting better. You know she's homeless, and I, you know she has been um, you know, a victim of uh, sexual abuse. Uh, you know being in her homelessness, and I just said you know, a, a small phrase that was dwelling in my heart: "You are getting better. God is good." And I, I and in that particular moment, I felt that the room was like shaking. It was moving. That particular words that God is good was reverberating in her heart. It's almost like I, I felt the Lord t- talking to her inwardly, and the Lord telling her, I, I was there all the time with you. I was, you're my precious daughter. Not only was her burn being healed or has been healed, but she also has it's also expressing at that particular moment when I said, God is good, that you are my precious daughter. I'm healing you inwardly, emotionally, spiritually, and I'm giving you a new life. And that has been my my experience, um, you know, with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, reanimating me, reinvigorating my knee as I take care of my uh, uh, patients. And I, I look at them not just as merely patients, but precious, you know, children of God, you know, that they're my brothers and they're my sisters. And I'm, I'm being called, um, if, if I may, not just to heal them in their burn, you know, in, in their physical ailment as a physician, but also be... Um, be a spiritual uh, physician too, like our Lord is. You know, He is the divine physician, and and I'm just trying to become, in some ways, like Him. George, it's, it is awesome to hear the grace of the moment you receiving baptism in the Holy Spirit, and then hearing how how that grace has impacted your life and ministry. I think there's there's something to even as we were just introducing you and welcoming you, just the glory stories of of the Holy Spirit taking the offering of the live stream through your phone app through the Hawaiian Renewal and taking what was a ten person in person prayer meeting and bringing it to the nations to sixty over sixty thousand people. You know, I just stand in awe at at the mighty work of the Lord. And it's, I think it's, it's helpful for those listening to say, wow, someone who has a testimony who, who stood there and said, you know, I am not open to this. I do not believe in the gift of tongues. And then immediately received not only the gift of praying in tongues or speaking in tongues, but singing in tongues. Just, it's extraordinary to hear the testimony that that you're proclaiming so glory to god in the highest for the mighty works the lord is doing and george you it's i know your your medical training your background even 
your experience in, in teaching as a clinical assistant professor at the University of Hawaii School of Medicine, there's a great teaching gift that the Lord has cultivated in you. And I think maybe for someone who's listening, whether they are they're in a teaching position, whether that is formally or informally, really um, many are called to form anyone that they are serving, you know, regardless of their workplace or even school setting. So we're all called into that, that grace of sharing what we've received. But I think it would be helpful for those listening to hear how the Lord has invited you to cultivate that teaching gift and even the grace of sharing baptism in the Holy Spirit with younger generations. Yes. In part of my career, you know, is also being an uh, academic uh, clinician. I remember, you know, being invited early part of my career to be uh, in the Speakers Bureau uh, to talk about particular topics or uh, new development or new drugs. And I remember, you know, there was a new drug that came out of the market and it was revolutionary. It was, you know, Pradoxa back then. It actually helps with atrial fibrillation and you know, so people with curving heart or regular heart with them, you know, they wouldn't, uh, the blood will be thin enough not to go to the brain. And I was one of the very few, maybe 30 of us in the nation that was part of the speakers bureau for this drug. I was one of the first, uh, you know, conference speakers, uh, teaching doctors, you know, being flown over. I, I spoke to in California quite a few times during that time. And, um, you know, they they would give us a very good stipend, you know, because, you know, we I would compete with doctors in different uh, parts of the, you know, university settings and Ivy League schools. And, you know, I remember one of, one of the talks that I did, um, the whole nation had to do, uh, they had to just 12, uh, 12 doctors in the whole nation. And the, the topic is transitions of care to kind of dec- decrease the um, readmissions for patients. And I was one of the 12 that was traveling all over the nation as a teacher, not as in in Hawaii, you know, um, but I, I feel there's something empty there, you know, as well, because here I am teaching medicine and, and I am, I'm surrounded by my brothers and sisters are hurting that, uh, dying, you know, inwardly trying to, um, get to know the Lord. And I, I felt the Lord is calling me not just to be like a national teacher of medicine, but, you know, the Lord is calling me to just, even in in my own microcosm in my, in my prayer group to reach out to, uh, the, the young adults reach out to the you know the adults and everyone else and uh, I was just so um, blessed that you know even in our prayer groups when I asked uh, you know in, in my role as formation in Pentecost Day USA you know a lot of prayer group leaders are you know approaching me and say you know help us with our formation help us with our young adults in our prayer group we were maybe a little different compared to prayer group in different parts of the country. Where in majority of our prayer group members are actually young adults, you know, um, they're, they're uh, uh, you know, these, these young adults in our prayer group, they're they're yearning, they're waiting for authenticity, for uh, for depth, you know, of, of Catholic teaching, for radical life. When I teach them uh, in terms of like what the doctrinal commission, uh, it was already in our website. All the doctrinal commission was in, with ECRES back then, you know, International Catholic. Or, uh, renewal it was already in the website in our in Hawaii in a, in our app. You know we would review the different encyclicals of uh, different popes um, all over the centuries with our young adults. And I felt the the Lord is really increased in them a hunger for the Lord. And uh, I'm just so humbled to recognize that that 
all of our people that, that I was so privileged to be with, they're really hungering for not just the initial enthusiasm of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but actually growing and maintaining in the, in the, in the love of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I feel that the Lord is calling us in the renewal to just not just foster baptism, the initial um, rene- in, you know, uh, excitement and the initial enthusiasm, but a depth, you know, a certain depth and maturity in, in the life of the Holy Spirit. And the Lord is calling me you know, to do that in, in, my, in my teaching. And when I, when I tell my, you know, my, um, uh, you know, the, when, I, when I teach, um, uh, particularly um, the charismatic teaching, and particularly sometimes I do teaching on the gift of tongues, I, I enter in a period of vulnerability when medicine is so precise, there's, you know, there's experiments that has been done, multiple validated and, you know, results have been done by scientists. But then again, teaching on the charismatic renewal and, you know, speaking in tongues and being open to prophetic words and inspiration, the gift of healing, you know, the, the gift of spiritual warfare, I really telling my my my, my audience or, or the people that listen to me that I'm really like like in some way um, Saint Paul when he when he mentioned I I am entering in a position of weakness of vulnerability that I am so dependent on the Lord uh, and His wisdom and power in that moment to speak through me and um, and I and I think that the young people and the old people though are realize that particular authenticity and that 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 particular moment that I'm so dependent on God uh, that without him I'm not I'm not just trying to form but to transform through the power of the Holy Spirit I'm not just speaking to their minds but speaking to their hearts and and in so way I'm actually praying that God will speak to their hearts through me so that's that's how I I do Alicia um, the way I, I teach George, let me ask you a question. I believe that our faith can only be strengthened by challenging it. So we, we have to ask ourselves, why do I believe this? You know, and, and continue to, to challenge things. I mean, there is a point where you will just say, I accept. But I think that when we're going to have discussions with other people, people are going to ask us hard questions. And for us to be, you know, defenders of the faith, we should have those answers. As somebody who's in, you know, the medical community, I've read... I've read surveys that said actually more doctors actually do believe in God or a God than, than not. And I think it's just the, the sheer miracle of life and all the, the moving pieces to, to, to have the debate and say, well, this is completely accidental and random. It's almost ludicrous. It's just not statistically possible. Even with billions of years of evolution, it's just I, I don't believe it's statistically possible to have the complexities and the diversity of life that we have. As, a, as essentially a doctor, a scientist, do you have moments where you have to get in front of people that aren't believers and, and get those questions, well, why do you believe that? That's crazy. I, kind of like you mentioned when you were in the um, fraternity in your younger days, you said, oh, this is kind of self-hypnosis. Have you ever had to kind of rectify that with people that don't believe? Because when you're working with groups that believe, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word sell loosely but it, but it's an easier sell you're all there you all believe you all want to believe you all want to be closer to god but do you have conversations with folks that are trying to you know for lack of better use science or use some kind of reasoning and say no nah, no this, this is crazy and and how do you deal with that yeah that, that's a those are hard and maybe even um more real to me than maybe some doctors um 
or maybe um, you know in small practice perhaps, and you know they're practicing in a in a state that are conservative, perhaps in Longview, Texas, and you know um, there's expectation that hey, you know what, um, uh, we're doctors, and you know life is so nice um, that you know the being you know just explaining everything with with a coincidence like a big bang is um, you know untenable. Um, I remember uh, one time, um, you know, in, in I was I was in a group of uh, doctors in Hawaii, and um, it was like I, I'm I'm thinking maybe five or seven years ago, and one of the uh, providers um, just out of the blue, you know, I, I, um, I, you know, just t- told me, hey George, look around, look around the room, and which I did, I looked around the room. And that particular uh, provider told me, "You're the only person here," you know. And, and well, you know, that was kind of shocking in a way, but then again, also relieving that I'm so happy that she he was able, she was able to know that I'm Christian, maybe with my the way I speak, the way I act, and the way I carry myself. And uh, but then again, there were you know I, I did look and um, a room full of doctors, and I was the only Christian. And one of my close friends um, back then in uh, Tupelo Army Medical Center, you know, he's very intelligent. You know, he was one of the, um, you know, uh, uh, chairperson of the of UMass Hospital, you know, um, University of Massachusetts, a very academic institution, hospital medicine. Uh, he has you know, multiple boards. He's um, uh, board certified in internal medicine, board certified in nephrology. He has also masters and uh, a PhD, and I think his PhD is uh, laser physics. And the more, the more you go up, you know, the more academic you become, and you become the more atheist you become. And, and, you know, and then I, one, one time I, I, you know, I was telling him, hey, I'm going to go. I, I want to be there for, um, you know, with you for a week. And he said, where are you going? Um, well, I'm going to a charismatic conference. And I said, oh, what's a charismatic conference? So it's, a, you know, it's a, where we pray to God and worship Him uh, and be with people, you know, just being loving the Lord and worshiping Him, uh, worshiping God. And then he, he told me, but there is no God, you know. How can, and then he would tell me, uh, he told me that how can you, uh, an academic position of, of professional teaching uh, doctors, believe in, in, in a God? That's nonsense, you know. And so, so I, in many ways, more more than one, you know, uh, being exposed to uh, academic medicine and you know, inf- exposed to different scientists with a very good background, you know, like this particular friend of mine, like three masters and a PhD, MD at the same time, you know, um, um, you know, teaching, uh, pub, uh, doing uh, journal publications in medical literature. Um, they they they're actually harder to, you know, to reach because. Um, they have this particular notion and belief that uh, man is the supreme being, you know, uh, and we don't need a God because we're self-sufficient. And, um, and, and, and yeah, I've, I've encountered uh, those, uh, those situations, though, uh, Steve. Which is ironic because scientifically speaking, it's actually easy to – I think it's become easier to refute the argument that there is no God. And I always tell people – if you want to have a debate on which religion is right, I'll have that debate. But to tell me that there is there is nothing that could possibly exist for eternity, I would say that's insane. Even if you use the Big Bang Theory, oh, well, there's this really small matter and it exploded. Okay, let's start with a basic question then. Where did the matter come from? Where did the law of physics come from that created the explosion in the first place? 
obviously something was there before that. And and you can go down that whole roller coaster. But you, yeah, it, it is funny because, you know, I, as an academic, I've struggled with it at times. I try to, I'm a, you know, I'm a computer science field and I have a doctorate and, you know, I try and say, you know, this is, this is crazy. But then, then yeah. I use science to say, actually, it's not crazy. It explains a lot of things more clearly than to just say, ah, you know what, a couple billion years ago, there was this rock and we don't know where it came from. And all of a sudden it just blew up and all this came from it. Like that is more ludicrous than just to simply say, look, it's quite possible that there is some being outside of time and space that has always existed. It kind of put this chain of, of events in motion. Like that, that is actually more easy to follow. I mean, your, your thoughts on that. And then Alicia, your turn. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I rely very heavily on the, um, on the teachings and explanations of um, Aquinas, you know, St. Right. Thomas Aquinas, you know, like, you know, the uncaused cause, you know, like, right. you, know, so, uh, you know, so, yeah, so some, some, someone, someone as a sentient being has to cause a cause, you know, even, you know, and, and then, um, you know, the, the initial wisdom before everybody having wisdom, you know, even with the, like, you know, you think about, you know, like this friend of mine with, with um, you know, PhD in laser physics and, you know, the Big Bang and all this. But even even the the the, the percentage of having life uh, out of no life, that that's actually improbable and you know, statistic, statistically uh, improbable to even happen. But, you know, some, you know, like life the way we have sentient beings and it, it is even you're absolutely right. It's even is you know the the people who um the you know uh who try to deny god you know they tend up actually trying to deny uh imp- you know uh, actual statistics you know the improbability of having uh, cre- you know creation though so it, but you're right though it, it, it's more of um i i i would say you know uh, a hubris to deny the existence of a a higher being god as compared to you know uh, or as compared to believing it um, but I totally agree with you. It's actually more scientific uh, to, to believe in God in, 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 if, you, if, if we think that way because of just using uh, probability and statistics, you know. So it, it kind of brings to mind that the Gospel of John in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And just that Word being Logos, you know, and just seeing like, oh, Lord, <laughs> yeah. the, the grace of knowing Jesus, the Word made flesh, the living God, there is there is such an engagement of not only our intellect, not only our hearts, but even supernaturally. The Lord invites us into knowing Him naturally and supernaturally, and it's just extraordinary. I think the aha moment that comes, and I know, George, yours, yours is, your story is, is phenomenal. <laughs> I think, you know, I think anyone here listening and saying, you know, I'm praying for a loved one who maybe has made intellectualism an idol or maybe who is proclaiming atheism. I think your your testimony and your witness is an extraordinary grace of really giving hope to those who are interceding and praying for loved ones who may be in a similar place to where you were when you had that experience of saying, you know, I don't believe, but sure, I'll receive prayer. <laughs> you know? yes, so I think yes. there's, there's, yeah, there's a, a fantastic gift that you are sharing today. The end of the day, I feel that there has to be a, like a, an encounter. You know, there has to be an encounter of, of a, a burning bush moment, like when Moses 
So the burning bush, that's how I explained that to my colleague who has, you know, um, a nephrologist, you know, three masters and a PhD and all the same time. And, you know, I I remember, um, you know, when you go to like sometimes healing, you know, people would say, you know what, uh, look at the, you know, this, you know, the person leading us into healing. I mean, you know, headache, you know, and uh, maybe a, a, a shoulder pain, you know. So, you know, people are saying, or could be saying, hey, you know what, those are, those are really um, possibly hypnosis. There is like a placebo effect. And I remember one of our uh, prayer group uh, leaders in the renewal of Hawaii, you know, they were, you know, we were having a, a you know, like a, some sort of like a healing service, you know, praying for one another. And this person came to her and uh, she was saying, oh, okay, maybe I, how can I help you? You know, maybe some headache there, you know, expecting something simple, quote unquote simple, uh, maybe back pain. And and then she she told uh, our, our you know the prayer group uh, you know prayer group leader my my co- uh, my you know my companion in the renewal oh I, can you pray for my club foot oh wow club foot I mean the, the, her her foot is crooked like a letter C mm-hmm. and, and the bones are muddled together and you know uh, in, in so disfigured you know and so there is no way you can just it's not it's not just foot pain that you're pay, praying you know that this person is asking to heal a club foot, you know, a foot with bones that are disorganized and crooked and there's no way, you know, it's just pain. And then she was telling me that I was, as she was praying for that person for the club foot, she actually felt the bones are moving and straightening up, you know, it was, it was just moving from, from a letter C of the foot like has been there for years and, you know, when he was, you know, born with a club foot. And it became straight, you know, and that's some that that is no medical, you know, explanation to that. It was just pure miracle. It was just the Lord uh, meeting us where we are, you know, in our need, in our in, in our, you know, just in our moment where we're so vulnerable and we're just relying on the Lord. Lord, we this is not medicine. This is, uh, you know, we just can't bring her to the operating room and she has been seeing different orthopedic surgeons all but then again, they, they were saying, you know, this is, it was just so difficult of a club foot. And, and then my, my friend was telling me she felt this warmth, this grace from, you know, from the Lord. And I, I was just praying for the club foot. The, the actual bones were moving, straightening. And, and, and then after the prayer, uh, the foot was restored to normal. And that, that's, you know, even academ- uh, academic medicine could not explain that. It was just pure love of the Lord, you know. George, that that is awesome. Thank you for sharing that testimony. And, you know, I think that's one of the graces, the signs and the wonders of coming into relationship with the Lord, the manifestations of the spirit of the living God that we see. It's, it's so extraordinary. It's so inspiring. And I love that you pointed out, you know, there has to be an encounter, a burning bush moment, an encounter where we we stand and we we basically bear ourselves in humility and vulnerability. And even the definition Steve read earlier of baptism in the Holy Spirit, it's a moment of surrender. Um, and so that's that's beautiful to have that context. But I think there is something to really celebrating the work of the Holy Spirit in just graces that cannot be denied. I Years ago, when I was little, I remembered... My grandfather would talk about the moment of him receiving prayer for baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he he was Italian, had gone to Catholic school growing up, you know, 
sent all of my mom and all of his children to Catholic school and went to mass every weekend and um, and yet had never encountered the Lord in a way that was just so personal until a coworker invited him to go to a full gospel businessman's meeting. And at that meeting, he received prayer for the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he also received a miraculous healing from multiple sclerosis. And, wow. you know, it just, yes. just wow. awesome. <laughs> the healing yeah. that took place. Um, and he lived for years after that with full healing from that, that incredible um, that moment, not only of uh, the grace of physical healing being poured out, but there was a healing that was uh, noticed by his children. They said his personality changed. He went from being short-tempered, angry, not kind, not patient, you know, to being filled with the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And so I think that's something, even as we talk about the grace of baptism in the Holy Spirit, part of life in the spirit and or even a conversation with a friend who says i want to share this with you there's there's an expectant faith for a supernatural outpouring of the love of god in a way that changes us and so yes, I think it's, yes. yeah i think it's awesome to hear how the lord has has done that and for us to be able to celebrate that together and even, you know, even sometimes, you know, we, like you're saying, absolutely, Alicia, though, you know, there's a certain degree that you you step forward, you know, and to help the person uh, and recognize that encounter, you know, and, and you know, with the Lord, uh, you know, like a burning bush, a moment we're in. Even for me, when I was, you know, tell, I told that person, uh, you know, in my burn patients, though, that God is good. I never, I, I'm not, I, I'm not saying that. Never, I normally don't do that in, you know, because I, I don't want to be, you know, in, you know, say that in public because less that I might be, um, they can complain about um, that. So, but I, because I, I, I felt it had to be said that for that particular moment, God is good, and it just came out. There was a nurse there. There was a physical therapist in the room, and that was a vulnerable moment for me because. Other people were listening or have, have have heard it, and and then the nurse and the physical therapist uh, they don't you know they don't believe in God they're not Christians and they said when I said God is good and the, there was I, I sense power in the room I sense uh, I I sense that there was healing within the patient. Uh, however, the, the one of the nurses of the physical therapist I don't remember now you know corrected me so to speak and said no doctor you are good. It's not God. You are good, you know. So, so there, there is this, there, this moment we're in. You just have to kind of, uh, I, I feel, just be vulnerable, you know, and allow the Lord to, um, uh, to use in ways that you can never imagine. I, I also remember one time I was um, chief of staff of hospital, and, um, and we're at around a t- table with, you know, doctors, you know, and some of them are Catholics and some of them are Christians and. You know, they were bringing out the morning after uh, morning after pill to be available in the emergency room. It's an abortifacient. How it works is that the uh, the fertilized egg. You know, uh, when you take that particular pill, you know, it will the the uterus, the lining will not be ha- you know uh, conducive for the fertilized you know, em- you know egg, the embryo, you know, you know, which is life, human life, and then there's, it becomes really um, 
is uh, abortification. It promotes abortion, you know. And me being the chief of staff, um, you know, in that particular moment, they, they, you know, the doctors looked at me all together because one, one doctor said, George, what do you think? What do I think? You know, and uh, and I, I told the doctors and, you know, in the in big round table, I do not agree with this. I first and foremost, it is an abortifacient. It promotes abortion. And this is irreconcilable. It could not be reconciled with my faith. And I, I do not support this. And then I was I was waiting for other Christians and other Catholics, you know, our doctors there to even say a word of support, you know, and uh, none was said, you know. And um, and of course, you know, at uh, that moment that you, you were asked, you know, uh, you, you would be, you know, people would say, oh, um, I, I would say in, in my mind, oh, did I, would that be at the end of my career, you know, um, would they fire me for that, you know? But it had to be said in 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 boldness and in truth and in love, you know. And so so I also remember one of our worship leaders in the state of Hawaii. You know, he couldn't walk. He was you know at one one day you know he was telling me uh, he couldn't walk. He was walking backwards down the stairs because of severe excruciating pain and of his knee. And I, I know that I know that he tore. Is you know either the meniscus or one of the cartilage of the knee. I prayed over him. He was just trying to ask me, "Hey George, do you know any orthopedic surgeon that you can refer me to?" And I know I know a lot. So I but I said, you know, I, I really sense that the Lord is asking me to pray over your knee, you know, for spiritual healing and a supernatural healing in ways that I could not, you know, explain. So I I bent down, put my hand, and prayed over his knee, and I, I and I I, I am. And just a few, uh, just a few hours after that, though he was just jumping up and down, running, you know. And then just a few, just a, a few hours before that, he couldn't even walk, you know. He was walking backwards, you know, uh, with from uh, with the stairs. He couldn't even walk. And now he was running and jumping up. So I, I really feel that, you know, um, by just allowing ourselves, um, even as doctors or academicians or uh, scientists, you know, to just be in a position of um, of powerlessness, so to speak, of being vulnerable and not just allowing the divine physician to uh, to take over is just wonderful witness. And that, um, so I, I feel that when we operate in the supernatural, you know, that the Lord will uh, provide us in ways we cannot. George, before we wrap up, though, I want to thank you. And again, I do want to mention one thing, and you've kind of reaffirmed something that I've, I've truly come to believe. And when people say the Bible is living and it's speaking to you, it is. And you just reaffirmed that in something you said. You said you're in this room and, you know, they're thinking about giving the morning after pill in the emergency room. And you said, you know what, I've got to speak up. Well, that's directly in line with when Jesus said, you know, if you deny me, then I'm going to deny you in front of the Father. The problem right now is that people are afraid to speak up. They're afraid to speak and defend their faith. How many so-called Catholic politicians you know, it's convenient for their party to support abortion, but then they'll turn around and say, well, I don't really believe in that. Listen, you are what you do, period. It ain't what you think. It ain't what you say. It's what you do defines who you are. If you're willing to speak up and say, no, I think this is wrong, then that's who you are. You're somebody that believes it. You can't say, well, I believe this, but, you know, I, I, I need my political people to vote for me or I, I don't want to get fired. You know, if you deny Jesus, he is going to deny you. We all have to take that message to heart. And we have to be we have to be true, not just to ourselves, but to God. You've got to be true to your faith. If you truly believe and you say, no, I think there's a God, but you're afraid to speak up, more than anything, I think that's a lack of faith. Because that means 
you're afraid that I'm going to get fired and, oh, and I'm going to be, you know, I'm not going to have anything. And you, you doubt that God will take care of you? Do you not believe that God will, you, you defended him, he will take care of you? He may not drop a million dollars on your head, but he will take care of you because you did the right thing. So, George, we should all speak our faith and not be afraid. And that is truly what it means to not deny Christ. Speak your faith, live your faith. Don't be afraid of the repercussions. In this day and age, there are too many people that aren't saying anything because they are afraid of the repercussions. But I have a sneaky suspicion that if the, if the righteous people spoke up, that they're going to find out that they are not the minority. So speak your faith, live your faith, be true to your faith. George, before we sign off, though, we always ask our guests, if you wouldn't mind, would you please close us with prayer? Yes, yes. Heavenly Father, we magnify you, we glorify you, O Lord, for you have loved us from eternity, O Lord. You have, you have called us in a loving relationship from forever to forever, O Lord. Thank you, O Lord, for reminding us you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, O Lord God, for reminding us that you have loved us and poured out your love upon us in the grace of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be used mightily, O Lord, in practicing the charismatic gifts, allowing ourselves to be vulnerable, to pray in tongues, to believe, uh, proclaim your word, to prophetic utterances, O Lord, to move in power, to move in the spirit, to move in, supernatu in the supernatural realm, O Lord, be that the gift of healing, the gift of of um, spiritual warfare, the gift of just of just loving you and adoring you and worshiping you, O oh Lord. Thank you for allowing us to use our bodies, O oh Lord, as we raise our hands, as we kneel down before the Lord our Maker, as we reach up, put our eyes above the heavens and just worship you, O oh Lord. You are worthy, O oh Lord. You are the lover of our souls. You have loved us from the very end. And from the very beginning, thank you, Jesus, for giving us your mother to nurture us, to give us a holy embrace, to give us a holy kiss. Holy Mother, pray, we pray that you continue to pray for your church. We ask you, O Lord God, to make us more and more like you. Thank you, Jesus, as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou, most women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and in the hour of our death. Amen. Amen, George. Alicia, as always, I love to give you the last word, even though I never give you the last word. Thanks, Steve. Thanks. No. <laughs> we we just want to say thank you again to you, George. It has been awesome to hear your testimony, to receive the grace of really so many of the mighty works of the Lord that you have witnessed. Um, and, you know, we, we just want to invite all of you who are listening who are saying, you know, I just I want to learn more about what Scripture teaches. I want to learn more about church teachings. I want to see the doctrine, the doctrinal commission on baptism in the Holy Spirit. I want, you know, I just want to go deeper. George and his team work doing amazing work in formation, which is accessible through the phone app as well as through the website. So come and visit us in those ways. And then also the magazine is just a beautiful way. George is the editor of Pentecost Today magazine, and, and the magazine is a beautiful way of being able to 
receive witnesses, testimonies, read theological and pastoral articles, as well as to really see uh, a word coming from the bishops. There's a bishop's corner within the magazine and um, just updates and news about what is happening here in our nation. So so all of that to say, we'd, we would love to hear from you if you have questions, if you have an idea, uh, we want to hear from you, and we're just so humbled to serve the work of the Holy Spirit in our nation. Amen. And again, folks, go out to our website at PentecostTodayUSA.org. And as always, we hope you have a wonderful and blessed day, and we thank you sincerely from the bottom of our hearts. To spend time with us out of your schedules is something that is truly humbling for us, especially folks coming from all over the world. Everyone all over the world that's listening, we are, we are truly humbled. We are truly grateful. And again, we're praying for you, and we are thanking you for your time. So thank you again. Please join us again next week, and have a wonderful and blessed day. 